the Wingnut Social Podcast, Episode 24, How to Gain Confidence to Market Yourself and Your Firm Effectively with Heather Havenwood. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating digital influence into physical success. This is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the host of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash wingnutsocial. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey there, wingnuts, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, the head wingnut, Darla Powell, and I am joined by my emotional support ginger, Natalie Graff. My name changes every time, guys. <laughs> every time she comes up with something You new. thought I was going to say soulless, Ginger. I did because, you know, you're a creature of habit. I know, but today's show is a little bit about vulnerability and about building your confidence and imposter syndrome. And I think it's important for me to be fully transparent and let the audience know that you are truly my emotional support, Ginger, because some of the things we're about to discuss with today's excellent guest, Heather Havenwood, I suffer from as well. And I know a lot of the audience members out there, too, struggle with self-doubt, imposter syndrome. We've alluded to this episode with previous guests. And today is the day, because before you can market yourself and get out there and practice these techniques we've been talking about, such as authenticity and being yourself and being visible, and you have to be able to stand in your space and have that confidence and not doubt that you can pull in high-end clients or, you know, I, I've had, I kid you not, I'm not going to name names, but well-known designers who are in the industry, and you all have heard of them, who've come to me and said, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. They're going to find out I'm a fraud. They're going to, it's prevalent. Right? Is that how you pronounce that word? Jerry Saruti, is that how you pronounce that word? So prevalent, prevalent. We're going to address that today because before you can actually go and invest in your marketing, you know, whether it's your time, whether it's hiring somebody, whether it's boosting posts, you need to know who you are, where you come from, and how to overcome these obstacles. So that's what we're going to cover today. So absolutely. Just like the title said, we're going to gain the confidence to market ourselves correctly. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to hope to glean something from this. I mean, you're always going to be my emotional support, Ginger, but, you know, that'd be nice, right? Are you sure? <laughs> oh, uh, was that a bad thing? No, it was all good. <laughs> Just checking. Just checking. Okay, guys, and don't forget that Natalie and I are going to be making appearances coming up. We have our first event is going to be Luann Live, which is March 30th through April 1st in Short Hills, New Jersey at the Hilton because she never can remember. <laughs> I always want to say the Hyatt, but no, it's the Hilton, the Hilton, which is going to be two and a half day, a fun filled extravaganza with knowledge and experts and in interior design stuff. And you are going to glean so much to help you and your business and take it to whole new heights. You can check that out at LuannLive.com. That's L-U-A a-N-N-L-I-V-E dot com. And you can see, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, you'll see our mugs because we are emceeing that event. Absolutely. And then if you don't see us there, we will be at High Point <laughs> for the weekend. The weekend right after, it's going to be a crazy week for yes. us. We fly back, I think, on Tuesday and fly right back out on Friday to oh, go fun. to High Point. So 
You know how much Darla likes to fly? She actually hates it. So with a little whiskey, that should help. And we'll get her back on a plane again. (laughs) Okay, guys, we're also going to be at High Point for Spring Market. We have two panels, one with the fabulous Nicole Heimer of Curio Electro. And we do have that tentatively scheduled for the Sunday at High Point. The time is to be D and Nicole and I will be going over branding and social media marketing and how to actually get your social media posts, give you money and clients actually walking through your door to design their spaces. So stay tuned for that and for some more information for High Point. And I think that's it. Okay, Wingnuts, today's guest, Heather Havenwood, is the CEO of Havenwood Worldwide, LLC, and Chief Sexy Boss. She's a serial entrepreneur and is regarded as a top authority on internet marketing, business strategies, and marketing. And since marketing her first online business in 99, bringing together clients and personal coaches, she has played an active role in the online marketing world since before most even had a home computer. Remember those days? Do you remember AOL dial-up? Uh, I had it. I still have AOL. You make fun of me all the time. Yeah, you're the one with the AOL email. All right, Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Heather Havenwood to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Heather. How the hell are you? Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. How the hell am I? That's interesting. Hey, hey, how the hell are you? That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that... Thank you. Thank you so much. It definitely, you know, gets me fired up. And how the hell are you? Yeah. So um, I was telling the wingnuts a little bit about your background and that you're an exceptional business coach and also about your background with dealing with some of the struggles that interior designers Mm -hmm. deal with or just people in general, some of your clients with being their authentic selves and imposter syndrome and being apologetic and just not being uh, free to stand in their space and have that confidence. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to help them just get a little bit of that confidence and a little bit of that structure and deal with some of these issues. So when they do go out there to market themselves, they can do it, well, at the risk of being redundant, confidence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you could just tell the wingnuts just a little bit more about yourself and um, your background and how you've become an expert on this subject. Thank you. Um, How the hell are you? That's awesome. I just love that. I just, I'm still stuck on that (laughs) intro, actually. Um, I should trademark it. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been, I'm an entrepreneur since 2001. I've definitely not all been successful. Lots of ups and downs, uh, success, success, failure, success, success, failure. My first business online was in 2005, went from zero to a million dollars in 2006. My first bankruptcy was in 2007 and eight. So there you go, right? I mean, (laughs) as far as high you went, as far as you fall sometimes. And then my next million online was yeah. 2015 from zero to 1.5 million in sales and settlement company, weight loss company. And just now I'm just, I just build businesses, right? And I've been taking many other businesses to the next level. So one of my clients, first time I ever had a client fire me uh, in the most loving way. She's like, I have to fire you. I, I just sold my business for 7 million. I'm like, well, cool. <laughs> that rocks. <laughs> and you know, what's cool about that story. I love that story is that when she first met me, she was a single business owner. She had a few people that worked for her like freelance and she never made more than $250,000 in her business. And she never hired a wow. business coach. Uh, and she's like, I'm going to take a you know leap of faith here with you. And we worked together for seven, eight months, not even a year. And she sold the business for $7 because we tweaked some things and turned it from just a blog into a true publishing house, right? So as long as you have those shifts. So one of the things that I'm great at is understanding all the different aspects of online marketing. It's not just social media. There are so many elements of online marketing from being a publisher to being a merchant to being um, an advertiser to being uh, just a business owner. So there's many uh, facets. And what I find with small business owners where they're what I call retail, they're on, you know, they're what I call in 
in reality. <laughs> they have a store and stuff. You know, the ones that have that are more <laughs> challenged because there's so much happening online that they have to kind of compete with that. And then they're competing within themselves. And that's where the confidence issue comes in, specifically more for women than men. Yeah. And it does seem to be more women than men. Although I have run into men and designers that still, they get that, you know, and I think when it really starts triggering and, and the friends in the circle, some of the people that I run with is when they start getting a little smidgen of success mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, sh- yeah. shoot, you know, what do I do now? Now I have these clients coming in. Oh my God, they're going to, they're going to discover, you know, that I'm a fraud or I don't have these skills. And, you know, it's, it's not true, you know, 98% of the time. I mean, so how, how have you dealt with that with clients that you have in the past and getting them to, to get over that? Because that's, it's paralyzing. People will not market themselves in interior design. Our Holy grail is licensing or high end clientele. Mm-hmm. How would you recommend designers listening or the wing nuts listening to start attacking that at the root? There's two pieces to uncover. Okay. So let's break them down. The first one is learning to be unapologetic. Now here's your challenge with that. I say that, you know, easily, But what's the biggest challenge with being unapologetic? We are taught, if you were born and raised in America, we're taught since six years old, especially women more than men, we are told to be good little girls, right? We're told to raise our hand before we go to the bathroom, you know, ask permission to be called Mm -hmm. on. I mean, we are literally in a permission-based society. And then here you are being an interior designer, and really they're paying you to have a damn opinion you know, and to say, (laughs) this is how you should do it. Or I hear what you say, and this is the direction. So it's learning to be unapologetically fierce in the face of no agreement. And that is so against how we are taught on a very core level, not only just Mm -hmm. in society and school, but also potentially in your parent and your parents, right? Being a good little girl. Mm -hmm. Mine was always, I born right in Southern girl, right? So my mother was very, be nice. Why can't you be nice? (laughs) You know, bless her heart. I know, bless your heart. Stab, stab, stab <laughs> in the back, right? I have a lot of stabs I love that. in the be, back, right? I love that. Be unapologetically fierce. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, the wingnuts already know that, but my interior design firm, Darla Powell Interiors, we haven't been quite full time for two years yet. And uh, this is something that I personally struggled with in the very beginning with clients when they had uh, an aesthetic direction that I knew as the expert was the wrong way to go or, or would just be end up being fugly or whatever. I was I was afraid, you know, to confront them and tell them and say, hey, listen, this is why you hired me. This is my opinion. I'd be doing you a disservice not to tell you this and have that confidence, which has since gotten much better. But Natalie can tell you, too, in the beginning, I was I was scared of my own shadow. (laughs) I was just going to say that we think alike because that was my next word. But yes, she has gotten so much better at just saying, look, so that resonates, really resonates. Yeah, it's uh there's two aspects that that's happening. One, the unapologetically fierce and just speaking your mind in the most loving way. I call it the most loving way with, with a hard hit, you know? And then the other piece of that is understanding that, you know, we are not taught to be confident. And that sounds odd. Okay. But we're not. <laughs> and then we have to, with interior designers specifically, I'm going to go there for just a second. They're artists. Sure. You're an artist at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, your art, your canvas is a room or a building. That's your canvas. And right. so you're selling your soul. Artists are soul creators. They're, they're literally, it's their soul when they do a painting or pottery or a room. It is your soul. That's true. And so you're selling your soul and that probably feels weird. 
Okay. But it <laughs> yep. should feel weird. That's why they have this. And I hate the saying, you know, artists are broke and all that crap. I don't believe in that. It's an old saying that's been passed on generations. I say break that mold is that when you start to value your art and value your essence, you will see the value in that and how people will purchase it at a higher level because they don't have it. Now, here's what I mean by that. Let me give you a prime example. Me. Sure. I suck at any. <laughs> and when I mean suck, I'm really bad. I have to go get my sister to dress me. I still am like, will you go shopping with me? <laughs> I love personal shoppers. I don't know what the hell they're giving me. Are you sure this looks good? Yeah, 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 girl. It looks good. Okay. Like I <laughs> I am not that girl, right? Right. Um, you look at my house. I've f- hired feng shui people and people to come in. And I'll be like, is the plant go here? Does it look okay here? <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I'm really bad. But I'm clear I'm bad. You know what I mean? Like, I know I'm bad. And so I see value when people come in into my life and they're like, oh, we we need to redo your look or redo whatever. I know they see things I don't see. And there's a huge value in that. But when they don't see that's valuable because it's so easy for them to see, that's the disconnect. Right. And that's what I even tell designers or or young designers that come to me and they're like, why would, you know, this is so easy. Why would anybody really pay me to do this? I'm like, it's easy for you. (laughs) You know, don't punish yourself because you have that talent. There are people out there that, I mean, they can go to Home Depot and grab some stuff, but they're not doing that because they just are incapable of putting their room together. So they're exactly right. There is a value there. Just to give you another example of that. So I got my first home in Florida. And when I first bought it, I was so excited. This big, huge St. Augustine green grass out front. Imagine, and I'm not kidding, girls, it had a white picket fence. How weird is that? Okay. Nice. (laughs) White picket fence with green St. Augustine grass. The American dream. (laughs) Yeah, it was really weird. Anyway, so... I was very proud of myself. Like, look, my first house. And my boyfriend at the time one day comes over and he actually is mowing the lawn at 8 a.m. And he goes, look, honey, I bought you a mower. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's what I'm a homeowner now. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm just giving you an idea, right? So I get out there you because know, it's St. Augustine grass. It's Florida. It pretty much grows like weed. Two yes. weeks later, it's August. It's hot. I get out there. I'm mowing. Or I think I got like a maybe a half lane down the side. And I'm like, forget this. This is stupid. I'm never doing this again. And that week this guy came by, uh, and him and his um his business partner, you know, basically offering me to do the grass. And I looked at him, I said, You're hired for life. <laughs> no for life. And you can even have the mower. You can have the mower. <laughs> Do you want the mower? I'll, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm like, I'll get use the mower and you're hired for life. I never want to do that again. And I love it, it. But that's the same thing how people, so, so when my, and you can hear my, like, I hated it, but yeah, that's how I, I also it. feel and how other people feel about designing. Okay. Right. That's good. And so when yeah. he looked at me and he was like, okay. And I'm like, no, really, I never want to do that again. I'm not good at it. I want you to make my, my home pretty. You make my home pretty. I feel good in my home. You get paid. We're all happy. That's the value though, that you're selling. You're selling peace of mind. You're selling, I want my place to feel good and be pretty, but I don't know how to do it. You're it's, it's such a massive value believe it or not, that people don't understand. And it's so, it's so incredible. I, I can't 
if you try to have me design something, it would be horrible. You'd kick me out. You'd fire <laughs> me, right? You know, but it's exactly. art. It. It's art. And that's the key is understanding that when you're selling your art, it feels awkward. It feels mm-hmm. weird. And we're not programmed to sell our own soul. It does because you're, when I go to a, a home, I'm selling them my skills, my art, my ability to see the beauty in their space. And it really is kind of like sculpting a painting or something in, in 3D. And there's a lot of vulnerability there because you're yeah. burying yourself. And it sounds woo-woo, but yeah, you are burying your soul. What, Natalie? Also- well, I just find it also interesting because for some reason, I don't – I guess that doesn't bother me. I've never thought of having to worry about what other people think about yeah. what I do. She's I, blessed. I, I guess it, it just – and the way you guys break that down, it just makes – it like clicks. It makes sense right. that, you know, look – I can't do this. You know, this is why I'm paying you and for the designers to realize that, hey, look, she's <laughs> yeah. actually right. And for you to explain it that way is kind of like, oh, Because we take cool. it for granted. But yeah, and, and I could see why people would get very self-conscious and be afraid to be that vulnerable too. So, so the first step that you said was the two pieces was learning to be unapologetically fierce, mm-hmm. which I wrote down. I'm going to, I think I'm going to tattoo that <laughs> somewhere mm-hmm. on my body because I think, you know, when you first said that, I was thinking, you know, it's like when you run into someone, you know, we were just at, at the Turnpike Plaza and I, th- I ran into somebody and it was really his fault. And of course I said, oh, sorry. <laughs> So I'm kind of thinking along that line of women. Um, yeah, there's a friend of mine, Janet. She did a whole TED talk on this about, um, and she had all these amazing stats about women apologize. And mm-hmm. she talked a lot about how we we are literally programmed. I could I could literally run into another woman, and she will look at me and say, "I'm sorry." I could literally <laughs> run into her on purpose. We should do that. Let's do that. Let's video that. Right? Let's go out and do it. There was a uh, <laughs> so and I, she was sharing the story, and I shared back a story. I was at a park there locally with, um, I ran to, not ran to, but I, you know, came across a woman. She had a two-year-old, probably a four-year-old. She had one that was running around like crazy. She's trying to get a hold of him. She had a dog, a two-year-old, a four-year-old. I mean, you could tell she was running around with her head cut off. She's like, where's all these things? You know, and they were just like literally running around her. And I just walk up. I just look over at her and she's apologizing to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, wow. What? You didn't do anything, girl. Like it, you look, your hands are full. You're fine. Like chill. It's okay. But here she is, a mom trying to like get stuff together, trying to handle everything, and she's apologizing. And I was like, girlfriend, you got nothing to apologize for. I'm overlooking at you going. Do you need help? <laughs> How are you doing? You know. So I think it's so innate, and that's what we do in business. So if someone says to you, you know, what do you think of this room, or what? Do, what's your idea? You know, in your immediate response, what do you want to go in this direction? And you say whatever you say, and they don't like it. There is a piece of women more than men. A, I'm generalizing, will say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry. Or guilty. Right? Versus like, okay, well, that's my opinion. You probably just don't see it the way I see it because I have training. Right. And training and the skill or talent or whatever. Yeah. And that's why you hired me, which I'm getting, be- I am getting better at, I swear. But still, the part of me, I even got knots in my stomach just thinking about someone's, you know, just confronting somebody and and being that way. So it's definitely a learning process for me too. So you mentioned that the first piece again, unapologetically fierce. So what's the second? The second piece is learning the art and science of having to sell yourself. Okay. All right. So um, I come across this myself um, because I'm, I'm selling my knowledge, right? 
mm-hmm. and people the people look at me and they judge me and assess me and whatever. And then I have to constantly be proving that I've been doing online marketing since 2001. And I've been building this and building this and building this. And here's my proof, 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 proof in failure, failure, failure. I mean, I'm basically selling my own art too. And that is a the biggest challenge anyone in the artist world and art means if you're a coach author speaker as well that's knowledge that's art you know it's your science and art selling yourself that's why people hate doing interviews if they are looking for a job they hate it because it's those moments where they have to sell themselves a lot of people hate dating why because they're having to sell themselves they're having to say this is who i am this is me authentically i've failed i've succeeded yes i've had two marriages that failed but yeah don't you want to date me Right. <laughs> you know, and it, it, I feel that the same way when I'm on podcasts. I'm like, yeah, here's businesses. I've succeeded. I've failed. I've succeeded. I've failed. I'm trying to get to the point where life is about success and failure. And I find that the more successful people have failed. But in life, when we're in front of clients or we're in front of a, a date or something, I take it to dating because it's always a lot more fun to have a conversation about that, is that we <laughs> get scared. I don't want them to see my failures. I don't want right. them to if see I was hiring a business coach, that. though, I definitely want to see that they have a history of some failure because I'm hoping they learn from it. Right. A business coach. But if you're in front of a client, you, you're like, let me tell you about the time I completely redid this <laughs> guy's apartment and he hated it. And then <laughs> right? you're not going to share that. Yeah, so true. but at the same time, those are the times when you can share in such a way that's like, here's what I've learned. I've now learned how to particularly ask certain questions to make sure we're on the same page because I don't want that to happen again. How you do that is you, and this might sound odd, you have to begin to, un- this is how I view it. You view your knowledge, your art, your science as a third entity. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So let me say it this way, and women are really good at this. And I had a man tell me this once and I literally fell out of my chair. <laughs> so if you and I are in a relationship and let's say I'm the man, you're the woman or woman, woman doesn't matter. Women, women see relationships as third entities. So it's me, it's you in our relationship. True. Okay. Men don't see it that way. You ask a man, there's a third entity called our relationship. They're like, no, <laughs> no, it's me and they're her. Nope. What do you mean? Our relationship. Women actually have a view of a third entity. There's you, there's me. And then our relationship. Huh. That's interesting. Men do not view it that way. Ask a man today. You'll find. Now, here's the point. The point is, is that you can, that's the advantage you have as a woman in selling. If you can see your art as the third entity, as the relationship, as the third thing, it's easier to sell. Well, you know, it's easier to sell. Is that a detachment it's e- trick? Yeah, it's an attachment thing. So it's like, well, I want and you want, but what's best for our relationship is, hmm. right? What I want versus what you want versus what's best for the environment, what's best for um, the room, what's best for the third entity, what's best for where you're going with your future. I you love can, it. You're not attaching yourself to it. It's like the third entity. You're like going, look, it doesn't matter what I say. I'm self-sacrificing what I want. What I think <laughs> is best based on what you say your future of your company is or whatever. You're saying this, this is what is best based on your future. Not what I really want. Like I wouldn't do it that way. That's brilliant. And to be fair, male designers can use this also. <laughs> Completely. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah, especially if you're selling to women. I was going to ask you this question. Um, are most of your buyers women? 
They're they're um, mostly married. They're mostly couples, but usually the first point of contact is the wife or the or women. Yeah, yeah usually. But it's okay. When you get down to it, by the time you sign a proposal or a contract, it's there's usually a man involved as well. Yeah. So it's similar to uh, I had a uh, I turned this whole company around. It was a guy who sells kitchens, like he you know, he's a construction guy, and he basically redoes kitchens. And um, I basically told him your market is women. He's like, no, it's not. The guys wrote the check. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no. <laughs> The guys look at the woman and the, he goes, is this what you want? And she goes, yeah. And he goes, okay. <laughs> we do use happy happy wife, happy life. That's right, Natalie. We yes, say that all the time. That's, yeah. that's yes, for sure. That does come up a lot in our consultation. So then <laughs> does. you can use the third entity. Instead of making it about you, like, well, what I would do is it'd be more like, okay, so you're saying you want your room to be better for entertaining What's going to be better for entertaining the third entity, the thing they're selling into, is X, Y, Z. And in my experience, the entertaining, da, 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 you can keep using third entity hmm. because the moment you start doing that, it's your work. It's your creations, your view. They don't see it that it's you. They see it as the third entity. As the, as the plan that you've outlined, that this is the best yeah. for the thing that we're talking about, but it's not necessarily going to leave a piece of my soul behind. Right. Right. And that's where the, I mean, that can be challenging as an artist because we want to leave our soul behind. Right. But at the same time, it's like, in my experience, this is what I hear you say you want based on your goals. This is the best thing. Here's option one, two, three, whatever. But you're changing it from what I want, what you want to what's best for the experience. And that's where that third entity comes in. Now that works. I like that. And I like the detaching factor of that. And I could see myself if I was starting to to get a little bit of self doubt and and putting that to that third entity. But part of part of interior design also is it's not it's more subjective. It's like, okay, this is pretty, this is ugly. So how do you put something so subjective into a detached third entity? Because that's opinion. Mm. Does that make sense? Well, you I mean, that's a good question. Like, in my opinion, this, this is pretty, but it's all in the eyes of the you know, there's always oh, okay. a third entity to look at. From a different perspective, it could be it could be beautiful. We can change it. Okay. All right. So, so I guess what that's we're a- doing is you're constantly taking yourself out of the equation. Even though it's your work, you're taking yourself out of the equation. I like it. And so we have new designers out there listening who are starting out. And then the success is starting to come in and they're starting to have that self-doubt yeah. to just take your work, take the product that you're selling and just kind of mentally make it that relationship, make it that it's third thing. So it's not, it doesn't reflect, it's not, it's not so much leaving you out. The best people that do this is actresses. Okay. The actresses do this really well, right? Mm-hmm. Because when they step into or their role, they step into a new entity. They leave their old self behind. Hmm. ideally right so what i always think of for some reason jennifer anson and rachel we all have a hard time looking at jennifer anson without looking at rachel for many years at least i did in friends because i grew up on friends true right what would rachel want here what would rachel say here what would the third entity say here not what jennifer anson wants the actress and you know whatever what Hmm. is rachel who lives in new york and is a coffee girl versus jennifer anson who lives in beverly hills and Gets a facial once a day. It's <laughs> a multi-million dollar <laughs> actress. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's 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 some some excellent insight. I, I'm definitely looking. Yeah. So if you need to go to the third entity for yourself as a salesperson, you can like move yourself into an act into a, a role. Okay. And you're probably thinking, where is she getting with this? Believe me, I have. <laughs> 
the heart it i so here's here's sure. why i say this okay this is my no kidding this is what happened so i was in corporate sales and i was very good at corporate sales the cool thing about corporate sales is that they tell me what to sell they tell me what's hot to sell that month right they tell me my quota and they tell me what the product is i don't do any of that so and if someone doesn't like the product i didn't right. do it it's right. not me right it's Nokia or Motorola back then or AT&T or whatever. There's always someone to blame. Right. When you are it mm-hmm. and you are the work, you're setting the price. You're setting the structure. You're setting what's hot. You, 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 you. And someone doesn't like it. They come down on you. You're the end of the barrel. You're the responsibility. You're the business owner. You're the designer. Yeah. So, so if you could take some of that burden off, if you could take some of that burden off and do the third entity, it'll allow you to be freed up to share, sell, create in the moment and not be so attached to it. So even if you have, let's say you did a design for a client and you know it's gorgeous, but for whatever reason, the client isn't all that happy with it. And we've been fortunate. We haven't had that happen yet. But then how do you detach from rejection and after it's done? (laughs) Then what? Yeah, no, I get it. Relationships are another way to to go into rejection. So a couple of things. you know, it's easy to say, don't take it personally, but whenever we as human hurt people, hurt people. Okay. So when we reject something we don't like, we're rejecting a piece of ourselves anyway, especially when it comes to art and everything is perception. So the best way to look at that is go, okay, and remove yourself from it. Like it's not your work. It's someone else's work. So well, tell me what you don't like about the movie. Tell me what you did like about the movie. Tell me what you liked about, tell me what you like about this room. Tell me what you don't like about this room. Tell me what works for you. Tell me what doesn't work for you. Allow them to speak it because what will happen out of that nine times out of 10 is you'll find, discover something and someone you'll find, you'll discover like maybe their neighbor came in and was like, uh, ew, right? And you're like, well, let's look at who your neighbor is. Is that really a great source <laughs> for your work? I mean, let's talk about your neighbor. I mean, is that really a great person to give you the best ideas? That's actually no? a, a good All point right. because when we do uh, proposals and stuff and when we do our presentations, they sometimes they want to keep the presentation with them and we try our damnedest not to let them keep it because we don't want them showing the mother-in-law, the father-in-law and getting all, you know, all these third opinions that might not have an eye for design after they've loved it, right? We don't want them second guessing it. Exactly. So. Like I call it consider the source. True. I, I Perfect. It's like, okay, well, let's, well, who told you that? Okay. My mother-in-law. Okay. I'm sure your mother-in-law is amazing. She's really nice. <laughs> I'm sure she's the arbiter of taste, but no. <laughs> right? But let's talk about let's talk about the source. Consider the source of her view. Maybe she has a particular view and she doesn't want you to change anything because a lot of people don't like change. Oh, yeah, or people get have jealous. There's that? a lot of haters out there, too. They don't want to see you have something better than they do, too. So. Right. right. So the, it's a little bit playing psychology 101 a bit, but that's what it is because you're selling a piece of art. I mean, how many times have you and I seen a piece, I mean, for me anyway, seen a piece of art on the wall? And they're like, that looks like crap. Someone's like, oh, that's amazing. It's gorgeous. It's like a Warhol. You're like, <laughs> it's a Pollock. Dude. You're like, oh, it okay. sucks. <laughs> right. But, right. And so it's, you have to give them permission to speak their mind, but then be able to add your different view. Right. In such a way where there, no one's attacking anybody's view 
You're just looking at it from a different perception. From an objective viewpoint. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that I, that's awesome. I can definitely look at this in a whole new light for sure for myself. And hopefully the wingnuts listening has have a whole new paradigm when it comes to that. Because it, it, I'm telling you, when I say it's rampant, the the mindset and a whole bunch of, you know, the imposter syndrome and the uh, the apologetic and all that it, it, in the interior design industry, it is. And I think that is mostly because it's, it is women. I mean, the, our large portion of our audience is women. So thank you so much for sharing sharing those insights with you. I have to um, ask you if you are now ready for our fire round. It's called What Up Wingnut. Yes. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. All right. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? Ooh, oak tree. Um, They last a long time. They're really strong. Ah, good answer. If you were on death row, what would your last meal request be? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> A ton of chocolate. Oh, okay. Ton yeah. of chocolate. That's going to be really messy. Chocolate cake. <laughs> chocolate. More chocolate cake. Yeah. I love it. If you could only have one superhero power, what would it be and why? Oh, um, I'd definitely Wonder Woman. Beat up some people. Okay. Wonder- would you wear the little suit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i go there. <laughs> sure. With the lasso? Yeah, I would love the lasso. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> That sounds like another topic for another yes. show. Um, if you c- please recommend one book that has had significant impact on you, either professionally or personally, to the wingnuts. The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Scovulshin. Game of Life and how, what is that about? I mean, besides the Game of it's Life, it's a uh, metaphysical book. She wrote oh. it in the 30s. She was way beyond her time, uh, right. way before her time. Um, she was a woman who lived in New York. She was single, not married in the thirties. And she did metaphysical work and healing. Oh, wow. That sounds mm-hmm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. I love it. And to the wingnuts listening, if you guys go to audibletrial.com slash social, you can get a uh, free audio book download for 30 days trial there. I don't know if that is on audio, but go and check it out. It is. If you can find it. It is. Okay, cool. Even better. Ah, uh, Natalie, I'm going to download it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she hates it because every time a guest recommends a book, I spend money. <laughs> Heather, please tell the wing that's listening where they can find you and what you have coming up. So I help people um, create and build their brand through podcasting. How do they how do they monetize their message through podcasting? I feel it's the number one way that people can really still build an influence, build a platform, um, build um, a customer base through podcasting. That's what I do. You can go to ask. HeatherAnn.com. That's AskHeatherAnn.com. That's my chat bot. And you can go and communicate to me directly. Uh, if, if I respond, it's me. There's no assistant. Or of course, you can go to HeatherHavenwood.com. Um, I have my own show called Like a Boss. It's all over iHeart, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and uh, hopefully nice. Pandora soon. Yeah, Pandora just opened up. You know what? We really we probably need to hire you because guess what? We have a podcast. <laughs> yes, <I laughs> for our, for our business. Yes, yeah, yeah. We just Thank I you. really take it to the next level and helping just helping people create content and taking creating a platform and, and building that out. I love it. And there's a lot of interior designers out there. I mean, the the genre actually is picking up for podcasting. I know um, several who I, I'm not allowed to say who yet that are thinking of firing up their own podcast. So guys, if that's something that you're serious about, go to wingnutsocial.com, check out the show notes and hit up Heather. She can help you out with that for sure. And let me tell you, it's not an easy feat. 
you definitely need some guidance. It's it's a yeah. hard. Uh, <laughs> there's quite a learning curve. I can tell you that. So, um, Nat, do you have anything else? I no, think. I'm well, good. Heather, thank you so much for coming on the Wingnut Social Podcast. You have opened up my mind, and I'm going to try some of these techniques going forward. So hopefully I'll have a little bit more confidence on my jobs. You're welcome. Be unapologetically <laughs> fierce. That's right. That's, that's my goal now for 2019. Unapologetically fierce. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Natalie, my mind is a little blown. I know. I was quiet. I just listened. There was a a lot being said. I like the detachment part of her argument there. That actually kind of makes sense to me. As a third entity. Yeah, because if someone, you know, says, oh, I'm not so sure I'm going to like the bathroom with this, you know, they're not saying they don't like me. You know, no, they're just, they just it's don't just like a, the bathroom. Yeah, it's just kind of make it a little object. I, I thought that was actually really cool. So another really good takeaway that we learned today is learning to be unapologetic. And Darla yes. is learning to yes. be unapologetic. Darla, how are you learning to do that? By inviting kick-ass podcast guests who teach us how to be unapologetically fierce. And speaking your mind. Yeah, I do tend to, to shy away, but, you know, especially in the very beginning, like I was telling her, you know, if someone threw up an objection, I would be like, oh, okay, sorry, you know, because you're scared. Learning to yeah. be unapologetic, darling. Fierce. That is fierce. We, we learned yes. that. We yes. learned that today. That is a huge nugget, if anything, be unapologetic. This was almost like a therapy session. Absolutely, I hope it- <laughs> like psychology 101. <laughs> I hope it was for some of the listeners too. I mean, I never really thought about, you know, design as being a part of selling your soul and the vulnerability there as being why it's like, like hits those raw nerves and why it does impact us so much. And, and being unapologetic, she made a point that it's your work. This is what you're doing. If someone else doesn't like it, consider the source. Consider, who, yeah, consider who is the that per, Who is that person and, and what are they to you? Yeah, it, you it just doesn't tell matter. yourself that they they have sucky taste to move on. Yes, <laughs> unapologetic. So guys, if you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Please tell your friends. What the hell? Tell your enemies. Be sure to follow us on all the social channels at Wingnut Social. And if you have any burning social media questions, shoot us an email to info at wingnutsocial.com. And if you are just so successful and you have no imposter syndrome whatsoever and you have no time to do your own social media... Give us a call at 1-877-WINGNUT, <laughs> and we will be more than happy to do your social media for you, because we're pretty damn good, if I do say so myself. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. That's it for this week. So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. recording for a second (laughs) i looked at it just had a heart attack darla's not paying attention she's checking her phone because she was supposed to tell you what we were discussing no i was i'm leaving you alone because i don't want to get yelled at i'm not going to interrupt you or nothing so guys if you like what you hear please hit that subscribe button tell your friends what the hell tell your enemy enemas (laughs) if you (laughs) tell your friends and your enemas